0: Welcome to Startup Confidential, what industry insiders will never tell you that you need to know if you're building a consumer brand. With your host, best-selling author of Ramping Your Brand, Dr. James Richardson. Let's do this.
1: Welcome to Episode 85, what everyone gets wrong about organic. Still, the organic food industry began with misfits and mavericks in the 1970s. Nancy's Yogurt out of Portland, Oregon, is one of those quote-unquote hippie brands that started super crunchy and now sells nationwide without compromising hardly any of its initial standards. Bravo. And has lots of loyal baby boomer organic yogurt converts. Just not a lot of them in an ocean of 320 million Americans today. One of the big frustrations of my professional life has been the continued statistical spin that journalists and others keep reissuing regarding the prevalence of consumer interest in all things natural organic. This is not a coincidence. It's a product of the post-grad educational bias of media editors and a glorious thing called confirmation bias. And it's also a conflation of levels of analysis. Journalists aren't trained in quantitative analysis in school. And I'm starting to lose my patience. So I want to help out here. Here we go. The market share of natural organic food and beverage was roughly 12% as of 2021. Organic produce specifically is a sizable chunk of this market segment. It's the gateway for the average household into the organic sector. If baby boomers founded the original natural and organic food companies in the 1960s and 70s, then it would stand to reason that older Americans would serve as a great laboratory for the prevalence of this slice. Of the American grocery marketplace. I mean, older Americans have had more years to gain exposure to the various arguments for trading up to organic, and they've already raised their kids. And we know that pregnancy and child-rearing are the key triggers for switching at least some of your foods to organic standards. Finally, a cancer diagnosis is another big reason consumers switch to ultra-organic pantries. The cancer patient's logic of extreme purification through an organic diet is mystical, but it's totally understandable. Despite the length of older Americans' exposure to organic options, here we go, folks, only 34% of Gen X and baby boomer adults have any natural organic food in their pantry at all as of 2022. This is you know, pretty broad reach in a big country like ours. Organic food, in other words, has three times the population reach of its market share. Taken literally, it means that any given person aged 45 to 74 knows a consumer of a natural organic food, and most likely more than one of them. So they're pretty common folks, but natural organic is not yet a minimum standard even in this group, and it probably won't ever be. Why? Well, this is also the age group that grew Frito-Lay's highly processed food business. Like a lot. In 1958, Frito-Lay had only $58 million in revenue in the U.S. Today, Frito-Lay North America generates $20 billion in revenue. That's top-line growth 34 times faster than inflation in the same period. Older Americans loved and processed foods, even when they switched to organic produce. Ta-da! This behavioral contradiction is only contradictory to a religiously puritanical organic geek crowd. But here's the real stat you need to understand. It is the stat regarding the prevalence of natural organic geeks inside this older age group. Again... Gen X boomers have encountered all the major drivers possible of organic consumption due to their years on earth. But here's the thing. Only 5% of them buy three quarters or more of their groceries per the natural organic standard. It's a tiny little world, folks, of organic food geeks.
0: Hey, listeners. Exponential growth involves more than a killer product, great fundraising, and a great team. You need superb analytics to ride the ramp. Dr. Richardson's latest online course is now available, Effective Consumer Marketing for Early Stage Founders. You can find course pricing and details at premiumgrowthsolutions.com slash courses. And now back to the episode. The power of the main driver's organic adoption
1: are apparently not that high after all. Most older Americans have only partially heeded the call to purify their foodways. This is the big mech behind the organic food movement, folks. It's largely limited to agricultural commodity shopping and has broad impact on the American diet. And so it doesn't affect the majority of our pantries. The geeks I just described are an interesting bunch. They are, but they're tiny. I've covered the issue of population reach and the issue of overall prevalence of heavy users. These are totally different analytical things, and that's where the media themselves drive the reporting bias even further into the area of explaining why people buy organic. Why the 34% do? They cover organic a lot because they themselves are more likely to be heavy users. (laughs) Shocking! The more educated you are in America, the more likely your pantry will be indeed. 75% plus organic. If you have a post-grad degree, you're three times more likely to be a heavy eater of organic food than your equally educated peers. However, this very small group of geeks, 5%, is not driving most of the sales or volume in organic food at all. Only among geeks are the well educated driving most of the volume. Hmm Dabblers clearly drive most of the natural organic food volume. They are selective and content with the selectivity. So what's up with the postgrad folks who convert hard into organic when they begin their journey of adoption? Well, a postgrad degree does one thing that few openly acknowledge. It causes you to question receive wisdom as a matter of entitlement, not really resentment. This can lead to dangerous overturning of well-established scientific wisdom, like the benefit of vaccination. It can also lead to the questioning of the wisdom of industrial agriculture and its use of carcinogenic pesticides and weed killers like Roundup, which is known science. A postgrad degree does another thing, though. It hooks you up much more often to a very nice salary, and this salary can easily accommodate the doubling or tripling of your grocery budget. And that's pretty hard to avoid if you're going to become an organic food geek, folks, even if you go to Sprouts. <laughs> And which occupational class is most heavily skewed to the managerial elite in America? The one that the Department of Labor entitles Education, Legal, Community, Service, Arts, and Media Occupations? Hmm. That sounds like all the people like me who majored in the humanities in college and then went on to, I don't know, academia, master's programs are the ultimate dumping ground of the humanities grad, the legal profession. Hell, Michelle Obama is in this group. Organic diets are about produce, and dairy, folks. The dominant driver is perceived avoidance of dangerous toxins associated technologically with both industries. Whereas most adults don't perceive the danger, quote-unquote, in a Ritz cracker, so they don't require the organic standard. It's just pragmatic. And it's the pragmatists who have actually drive most of the revenue in natural organic food. One of my biggest challenges as a marketing consultant is to get founders of Natural Organic to accept the limiting nature of a purity positioning and find some kind of symbolic bridge to a much broader audience. Reach is the most generous way to spin organic because it exaggerates the impact of organic on the diets of the average American, which I just explained to you is partial. Heavy usage prevalence is the least generous way <laughs> to spin organic, but it tends to be how everybody explains why people eat organic food including the non-heavy user. But it's not the right group to use. It's the weirdos. The rest of us eat organic oranges and our Ritz crackers. That's all I've got for now, folks. This episode was adapted from an essay I wrote recently on Substack. If you'd like to check out my Substack blog, it's jamesrichardson.substack.com. That's all i got. And as always, be safe out there.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember, Dr. Richardson has loads of resources for founders at premiumgrowthsolutions.com. And when you're on his site, don't forget to take his founder's quiz and see if you're ready to ride the skate ramp of exponential growth.